0: Hello and welcome to The Story. You are with Julie and this is a podcast where I narrate my books that are part of a fantasy trilogy. This is season three and the final story of a drama and suspense packed series. The book brings to life characters that are easy to identify and fall in love with. It is a story immersed in a plot that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Each episode is a chapter from my book. And I encourage you to join our Facebook group, The Story, where we discuss the book and enable support for writers and lovers of great stories. You can also find me on Instagram, where you can DM me at Jules underscore rights, J-U-L-S underscore rights. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe, where you listen to all your favourite podcasts and join us on a journey of storytelling. Hello and welcome to the podcast. How are you all today and how has your week been? I've been busy doing some spring cleaning and it's this time of the year I like to clean out cupboards and reorganise my home. It's amazing how much stuff we accumulate and I honestly wonder where it all comes from. Are you an organiser and like to do a spring or should I say summer clean? Do you have any organising hacks you would like to share? I always love to hear from you. Have any of you watched the movie War of the Worlds? It starred Tom Cruise and Dakota Fenning, and it came out in 2005-2006. It was a movie that was about an alien attack on Earth, and I quite enjoyed it. It makes you wonder if there are other life on other planets. I am a firm believer that, that they just can't, it just can't be us. Now before I tell today's story I'd like to share with you one um encounter that I've had myself. Now when I was a teenager I was living at home with my family in a suburb of Brisbane. It was around 9 10 p.m. at night when I was watching TV with my mum and sisters. Now our beautiful border collie started barking, so we went out to investigate. The suburb where we lived in was quite new. So there wasn't many houses around. We noticed up in the night sky, there was a strange and eerie set of lights. They were just hovering. We just stood there um, quite taken aback. We were actually awed. And as we continued to look up at them, they suddenly took off. It was so much quicker than any plane or anything that I'd ever seen. My mum decided to call the Royal Australian Air Force Base. That wasn't too far from where we lived. At first, they were a little bit taken aback by um, my mum's phone call. And then they proceeded to tell her that it was a training exercise. The next morning, there was a write-up in the local paper about what we, and uh, we soon found out many others, had seen. And uh, the RAF had put it down to uh, to a training exercise. Now, I'm still sceptical about that. Um, I still think it was something not of this world. Okay, so I decided to base today's spooky story on a UFO sighting. That happened on Wednesday the 6th of April in 1966 at Westall High School in Clayton, a suburb of Melbourne. One of the students, uh, it was was 11 a.m. in the morning and one of the students came running into the classroom hysterical saying that there was a flying saucer hovering above the school. Now the teacher didn't believe her and followed her outside and um, noticed that there were other teachers and about 250 other students looking at this flying saucer that was indeed hovering over the school. Now, the flying saucer was described as being round, uh, gray, a, a grey colour or silvery green, and followed by five other unidentified and eerie lights. Now, it went to hover near some power lines before coming to land in a paddock. Now, as they've raced over to have a better look at it, it suddenly has taken off. A witness has said uh, that the the, um, the area where it had landed was perfectly round. Now, following the incident, witnesses were told never to speak about it, with the teachers threatened that they would be fired if they ever did. Now, at the time, uh, people were told what they had seen was a weather balloon. What do you think do you believe it could have been a UFO, or perhaps you've you've seen a UFO yourself and you would like to share it with us? That would be fantastic. Let's do our recap of last week's episode: The Newcomers. We heard how Ada warned her mother to work on her relationship with her husband Merrick and to act like a leader's wife, Eleanor. Needs to be resilient. The village needs her strength. Ada reveals that her baby sister Annie will be a future seer. Could this make her a possible target for the Asaur? Episode 10 ended on the looming emotional roller coaster as Axel and Marta arrive at Merrick's village. I can't wait to jump into this next episode, so get comfy, everyone, and enjoy. Sabin sipped the tea that Eleanor had given him, and he felt himself relax. The last 24 hours had been stressful. He'd had long conversations with Edith, and she'd assured him of her loyalty and the love she felt towards him. She would not be divorcing him simply because her former husband had returned. Where is Edith? Eleanor's question brought Sabin back to the present moment, and he offered her a smile. Eleanor was the best friend he'd ever had. He was kind and beautiful, and always had his best interest at heart. He often wondered how Merrick had been lured by the exotic Zuri, even when he learned of the curse that had been placed upon him. All men had admired the stunning woman, but Merrick had not only fallen for her, but had left and maltreated his wife. Saban still had the lingering effects of the animosity he felt towards his friend, by what he had done to Eleanor. But all that didn't matter now and he turned his attention back to Eleanor. Aye Nori, she's taken the children to see their father. We thought it only fair they knew he was back. Just wish Huxley was here. He offered her a smile and Eleanor felt a twinge of sadness. Huxley had sacrificed his life to help save their community when the Assaw had come looking for them in the Hidden Valley. "'Yes, Saban, I agree, and Huxley would have loved to see his father again. "'When will you meet Axel?' "'Eleanor watched Sabin's reaction, and for a moment he was solemn, before he chuckled. "'Aye, Norrie, you think about things too much. "'I will meet this former husband of Edith's when the time is right, "'and I think that'll probably be in the next couple of days.' "'He took a sip of his tea, savouring the taste.' Edith paused under the tree line as she watched her former husband take a drink from the cup that he held in his hand. "'Is that Papa?' one of her children whispered. "'Yes,' she said as a lump came to her throat. The pain and torment of the years that she'd lived without him came back to her. She'd only become acquainted with happiness again when she'd met Saban. It had broken her heart again when the Esau had taken her second son, and she held a burning hatred towards the evil that had taken so much from her. The new threat of the assault stealing children put her on edge. She glanced down at her children and her heart swelled. They waited patiently as their mother paused in her path towards the father that had been missing for so long. Edith was a survivor and she knew she had to have strength. It had carried her through the hard times. She took a deep breath, forcing the butterflies to the bottom of her stomach, She straightened her shoulders and headed for the man that she had once loved. Merrick paused in his conversation with Marta and Axel when Emsie pointed to the small woman who was making her way to them. Merrick cast a quick look at his best friend. Axel's face softened and then filled with pain as he watched his family. He put down his cup of wine and took a step and then another, before scooping Edith into his arms. The children gathered around the couple, hanging back, unsure of what they were supposed to do. Papa? Rosie, the youngest child, took a step towards the father she'd never known. Axel turned and stooped down to pick up the little girl. Rosie, you have grown so much. Look at you. He kissed her before giving his attention to the rest of the children that congregated that congregated around him. Why don't we sit by the fire so we can catch up, Edith suggested. Axel did not take up her offer. Instead, he continued to familiarise himself with his children. I thought we could all go home, all of us, Edith. I've been waiting for you. Axel turned his gaze back to the small woman beside him. Although Merrick had warned him that a lot of changes had taken place, he had ignored his friend's advice, Instead, focusing on the dream of finally being home and reunited with his family. Axel, there are a lot of things I have to tell you, and please, you must understand, I thought the asaur had killed you. Her voice was quiet. Axel frowned and he shook his head. An awkward silence followed. Did you marry another, Edith? Axel frowned, suddenly noticing the ring she wore edith looked away feeling ashamed axel we thought you were never coming back shock crossed axel's face before hurt and then anger replaced it this is so wrong he turned and clasped his hands behind his head walking away trying to take in what his wife had just told him axel let out a cry the surprise he felt now mixed with an overwhelming feeling of fury You saved me to torture me? Axel looked up at the sky and shook his fist. Merrick placed his hand on his friend's shoulder. Axel turned to look at Edith. Who is he? Tears ran down his face and he fervently rubbed them away. Edith felt the sting of her own tears and her heart ached. She would always love Axel, but she had promised herself to Saban and she could not break that promise. Marta came to her side, steering her away. Come, honey, let's get you and the wee one's home. Edith let the medicine woman guide her away from Axel. She felt torn, and grief enveloped her. Her, t- her entire world was now in disarray. Eleanor was making breakfast for herself and Sabin when she, A knock at the door startled them both. Hi, Hi Nori. Sounds like you have a visitor. Eleanor wiped her hands on a cloth and wondered who was visiting her at this hour of the morning. Merrick had not come home, which had not come as a surprise, and Sabin had stayed in the spare room to give Edith some time with Axel. Anja and Ada stood on the small porch when Eleanor opened the door. "'Anja! Ada!' Eleanor exclaimed, giving them each a quick embrace. "'Come in, please! I was just making breakfast for myself and Sabin. She ushered them in. The two women sat themselves at the dining table, giving their salutations to Sabin. "'Mother, we need you to come to Edith's after you finish eating.' Before Eleanor had time to respond, Sabin spoke. "'Aye, hey, is everything okay?' had not slept well. Dark circles sat under his brown eyes, and his curly hair was even more tousled than it normally was. "'Not really,' Ada began. She needs support, Sabin, and it should not come as a shock. Axel's return was bound to stir up a hornet's nest of emotions, Anja interjected. She knew her granddaughter could be forthright, and she wanted to soften the situation. You will need to stay here, Sabin, until the situation settles. Merrick will offer support to Axel and help advise him on the best way forward. The gods only know that this has placed us in a vulnerable position. Anja offered a smile, which Sabin returned. Eleanor was unsure of what to say, and she wondered when her husband would be returning. Don't worry, Mother, he'll be back in a few days' time. Ada answered the thoughts that ran through Eleanor's mind. Eleanor shook her head. It was hard to hide anything from her daughter. The three women made their way to Edith's home that sat close to Serenity's. Edith was sitting in the kitchen, a cup of tea untouched in front of her. Marta sat opposite her, and both had not slept. Although Marta was a good woman and had helped save her her husband, Eleanor could not shake the feeling of cautiousness when she was around her. Angela went and sat on the other side of Edith. Honey, look at me. Edith blinked, but did not respond, and it shocked Eleanor, at how despondent Edith had become. I'll take care of the children. They need some food and a wash, Marta offered. Ginger nodded and smiled at the medicine woman. I'll help Marta, Ada said. Both Marta and Ada left the kitchen to find and take care of the children. Alenor had left her twins with Sabin, hoping they would take his mind of what was happening. Edith, you must get up and have some strength. The gods have chosen a different path for Axel, and you cannot change it, nor can he. Edith turned to the older woman beside her. What have the gods done for me? All they do is punish me, Edith spat. Axel will fall before another, and he plays a role in ridding the world of the Assaw. Oh, that helps me so much, Anja. I hate the gods. Edith burst into a river of tears and Eleanor moved forward to comfort her friend. Edith buried her head into Eleanor's shoulder as she sobbed uncontrollably. Angie got up from her chair and withdrew a pouch of herbs f- that she placed in a cup. She placed the large iron kettle on the stove and lit a fire that would heat it for the special brew she would give to Edith. Ada and Marta, with Edith's children, filed back into the kitchen as Angie poured into the waiting cup. Edith had wiped her face and sat quietly beside Eleanor. The children swirled around their mother with worried looks. It is okay, dear children. Your mother needs to rest. I've made her a special drink to help her sleep and you must not wake her. Rita, you will need to watch the children for a while. I will send Kaya and some other women to check in on you. We'll be okay. Your mother needs time. Rita nodded, and Anja heard the thoughts that ran through the young girl's mind. The gods have a plan, Rita, and it will all make sense in time. Rita looked at Anja, a bewildered expression on her face, before she nodded. Anja placed the cup in front of Edith. Sabin will be here when you wake. Edith looked up into the seer's face. Her eyes held wisdom and goodness. She forced a smile and blew on the cup to cool the tea. Sleep would be a welcomed friend and would allow her to forget her world as it was for a while. "'When will Sabin be here?' Chad, the youngest boy, demanded. He bent down and smiled. "'Chad, he will be here soon. In fact, as soon as Eleanor gets home, he will leave to come back to his home.' He had to look after Eleanor's babies, Edith felt relief when she heard her husband would be home. She knew it deep in her heart that she was making the right decision to stick with Sabin. Although she loved Axel, and always would, Sabin had stolen her heart, and had awakened the joy she had buried when Axel had disappeared. Eleanor was not sure how the gods were going to make this current situation work and she still could not shake the sadness she felt. Both her friends' lives were in turmoil and she felt a fear that their enemy would return once they sensed the unrest that had descended upon her community. Marta advised she would stay with Serenity and bid them farewell. Eleanor admired the beautiful healer. She had a kind heart and a beauty to match. She also was a skilled medicine woman. Andrew and Ada walked her back to her home and both women spoke to Sabin in private. Eleanor went to feed her hungry twins. Sabin left soon after. Mother, Papa will not be back for a few days, Ada informed her mother. Eleanor smiled and nodded. Part of her knew he was supporting Axel while another part of her felt an irritation towards this news. She needed to talk to Merrick. She noticed her daughter staring at her as the thoughts ran through her mind. I'm okay, Ada, please do not worry. Ada frowned, but added nothing further. We have to meditate now, Eleanor. If you need anything, please come and see us. Anja gave her daughter-in-law a kiss on her cheek, before she and Ada turned and left. Merrick went to check on Axel after he'd made him go to bed, after consuming too much of the red drink. He knew he would feel the effects of it when he woke. His friend laid sprawled face down on the bed that was in a room in the bachelor's hut. Merrick looked at his friend and shook his head. He felt sorry for the man who had lost not only his sons but had just learned his wife had married another. All the dreams that he would have had in reuniting and picking up where he'd left his life before, looking for his sons, were were ruined. Merrick sighed and wondered what the gods had planned for Axel. He turned and went to look for Emsi. There was much work to be done. Merrick also wanted Axel to be sober. He needed to find out all the things that he'd experienced and what he'd learned from the Asur. Plus, he needed to know how he gathered such a vast group of people. As the thoughts coursed through his mind, another presented itself. How did he get to Marta? Get to meet Marta? She lived some distance away from my parents' village. He made a mental note to talk with Marta after he'd finished with sorting out things with Emsie. Merrick knew Marta was staying with Serenity, so she would be easy to find. As he made his way to Emsie's camp, he noticed how big the village had grown. The space they had made to settle a community was on a ridge which the forest flanked on either side. He could see Dorhall Pass that lay far to the south when standing at the top of the ridge. This made a good vantage point for scouts. Merrick realised the reason the gods had shown and spared the current land where they lived. Although it was not as ideal as their hidden valley once was, in Door Hill Pass, it offered shelter, the forest and a strategic viewpoint to see an approaching enemy. Merrick knew he would have to find out how many people now called his village home and he also needed to talk to his mother. They would need an action plan when the Assault came to raid them again. Having an increase in numbers meant he could train more warriors and have more scouts to conduct recon parties. He would have to organise a meeting with his warriors and speak to Kria and Torin. There was much to be done, and he didn't think he had a lot of time before the Devil made its presence known again. Eleanor swept and tidied her home. She took her twins with her to the large vegetable garden and placed them on a rug under the shade of an enormous oak tree that stood on one side. Eleanor noticed a few other people tending to the fruit trees, herbs and vegetables, smiled and waved to them. As she worked weeding, trimming and planting more seeds, she noticed a growing crowd admiring the garden. Eleanor frowned before a smile played on her mouth. The crowd of people were some newcomers that had just arrived at the village. She could not blame their curiosity. It would have been some time since they had a sense of normalcy. She asked the woman working near to her to watch her twins so she could talk to the large group congregated at the front of the vegetable pad. Hello and welcome to our food bowl. Eleanor greeted them. It was not long before an army of men and women had taken up one of the many jobs of growing and harvesting food. It delighted Eleanor at how enthusiastic they all were, and she allocated a list of tasks to the eager group. As she directed the last of the women to a corner of the garden, she noticed Serenity and Marta making their way towards her. Look at this, Nori. You have a bunch of recruits. Serenity beamed at Merrick's wife. Eleanor could not help but smile. Yes, we needed some more help. It looks as though the gods heard us. It is a wonderful garden, Eleanor. Eleanor turned and nodded at Martha. She still did she still did not feel comfortable around her and wondered how long she would feel that way. The sudden cry of one of her twins made her jump. She'd almost forgotten about her babies. I must feed the girls. Please excuse me. Serenity, would you mind showing Martha around? Serenity nodded, and Eleanor quickly made her way to her hungry infants. She sat herself down on the rug after thanking the woman who had been watching them taking Anwen from her. As she finished feeding the oldest twin, she burped her and placed her on the rug before picking up Annie. A breeze blew, "'cooling the perspiration on her forehead, "'and she sighed. "'She leaned back against the rough bark of the oak tree "'and took a deep breath. "'As she opened her eyes, "'she made out a small group "'that surrounded themselves "'around a large and powerful-looking man. "'Eleanor narrowed her gaze. "'Is that Mary?' "'At first she felt a sense of pleasure "'that he had come looking for her. "'However,' When she noticed he made his way towards Serenity and Martha, she felt her heart sink. Soon was engaged in a deep conversation with the medicine woman, and she clenched her jaw. She watched she watched as after a while serenity pointed in her direction. Merrick waved and Eleanor waved back, anticipating he would come and see her. Merrick did not make his way towards his dead. He stayed and continued his conversation with Marta as Serenity went to talk to some men who had motioned for her to come and see them. It was obvious they wanted to show her something. Irritation brushed over Eleanor, and she felt her anger mount. She finished feeding Annie and placed the sleeping baby gently on the rug. The woman who had been minding them had left and gone to the back of the huge plot of Flora. Eleanor felt like leaving, leaving. Her mood had been spoiled. She picked up her babies, placing them in the slings that she had fashioned for them. They had gotten too big for the carry pack. Annie was placed in the sling at the front of her, while Annie was strapped to her back. She hoped that the extra load she now carried would help her shed some of the weight she'd put on since having the twins. She looked up and noticed Merrick had left. He didn't even come and see me or his daughters. The thought brought with it a surge of resentment that washed over her. Eleanor grimaced and adjusted her tunic before setting out for home. Eleanor! Eleanor! Eleanor turned around to see who was calling out to her. Serenity was making her way towards her. Oh by the gods, Nori, you walk fast, even with those babies strapped to you. Serenity panted. Eleanor forced a smile and waited for the healer to catch him. Nori <sighs> Why don't you come and join us for dinner tonight? <sighs> I've invited Kaya, Kria, Andrew and Junada. Marta will also be there now. But she lives with me? Serenity chuckled. Eleanor looked at the ground as she noticed as she acknowledged Merrick would not be coming home again. As if reading her thoughts, Serenity fluffed. Told you he wouldn't be home for a few days, Norrie. Didn't he see you in the vegetable garden? Eleanor lifted a gaze from the ground to meet Serenity's and shook her head. Well, he has a lot to organise, dear, and I think it will do you good to have some female company. We live in perilous times. No doubt we will need to prepare... How we are going to overcome the Assault? I think this is what Merrick will organize, along with supporting Axel. Plus, we have a lot more people now. Eleanor knew she was right. Yes, Wren, I'd love to join you for a girls' dinner. Serenity hugged the woman in front of her. You'll have fun, Nori, I promise. Now let me take one of these babies and help you home. Eleanor smiled great at the healer but she could not shake the feeling of deja vu. Not that long ago, Merrick had acted in a similar fashion. So thank you for listening. I appreciate your time and truly am grateful. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe where you listen to all your favourite podcasts. Take care everyone and see you next week on The Story, the podcast where great stories are told. Bye for now.